Good morning, church. It is so lovely to see you on this New Year's Eve. Aren't you excited for the new year? I believe God has got amazing things in store for you. And you can be expectant of great things, good things. You can be expectant for His plan and purpose to be fulfilled in your life as you believe in Him and you love on Him. Amen. Amen. So welcome to all of our online viewers. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining us this morning. Shall we all stand? We're going to go into a time of worship. Yeah, Father, we are just so grateful and thankful and we are just so ready to adore you. Thank you for the testimonies that have come out of 2023, Lord. Thank you that looking back, we can see your goodness that has followed us all the days of our lives. Thank you, Lord, that you will continue to be our guide. You will continue to be our protector and our provider. Father, that you go before us, that you prepare a way for us in the wilderness. And we just thank you, Lord, that you are with us, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. You are worthy to be praised. You are worthy to be worshipped. Thank you that we can enter boldly into your throne room because we are known by you. We are loved by you. We are your chosen generation. And we will live like that forevermore. Thank you that you have called us your own. And you have secured us in your love. Father, thank you that we will grow in the revelation of who you are. And the revelation of how much you love us. So we bless your name. We worship you. We lift up a song of praise. A song of adoration to you, Lord. For you alone are worthy. We pray this in your holy name. And everyone said. Amen. Amen. So let's worship him. Let's clap. Let's sing. And let's rejoice in him. Let's put our hands together. Let everything that has bread praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on. Let everything that has bread praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'll praise in the valley. Praise on the mountain. I'll praise when I'm short. Praise when I'm down. I'll praise when I'm numbered. Praise when surrounded. Cause praise is the water. My enemies drown. Let's sing this together. Praise when I feel it, and I'll praise when I don't. 
are your children, Lord. That we are no longer slaves to fear. But we are loved by our Father. Father, that we are the apple of your eye. That you delight in us. Thank you, Jesus. Oh 
Yes, dear Lord Jesus, we worship you this morning. Father, we honor you and we exalt you. We've never walked alone, Lord. You've been with us throughout the year. You've been good. You've been faithful. You've been kind. You've been merciful, Lord. And so this morning, all we say is that we are grateful. We thank you, Father. We thank you for your goodness. We can look back in the year and say you have been good to us. Many other people, we started with the beginning of the year, but they, were, they are nowhere to be found. But you've been merciful and kind to us. Therefore, we thank you, Jesus. We magnify you, Lord. And we give you all the glory this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. Good, good. Good to see you. Amen. Thank you so much, worship team. Wasn't that a powerful worship? Let's clap for our worship team and the media team as well. They are such a blessing. Amen. Well, my name is Oswald, for those who do not know me, and I'm privileged to be part of the team here in the church. This morning, I'm also privileged of sharing the offering scripture. And then um, my scripture I would love to use this morning is from Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 10. And I read, In this manner, therefore pray, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If we look at this specific passage, Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray. But I would love to focus on verse 10, which says that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And from this passage, we know that the will of God is already, already established in heaven. In fact, it is already done in heaven, but it yet to be established here on earth. And it's amazing to, to be able to know that how the will of God can be established here on earth is through me and you. In fact, for God's will to happen here on earth, he needs our cooperation. And so isn't it such a blessing and a privilege to know that for God's will to, to manifest here on earth, he needs you. And he needs me as well. And that is what we see here in this scripture. So for God to be able to bring his will to pass... He needs us because God's will is not automatic. If you look at this specific verse, Jesus was saying that one of the ways to bring God's will to pass is through prayer. But prayer is not the only way, but also through our giving. Giving is a way that we are able to partner with God to see his will established on earth. And the scripture I would love to read again is in Philippians chapter 1, verse 5, and it says, For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it 
until now. It was Apostle Paul who was saying this, and it's interesting to, to see what Paul is saying because he's saying that this Philippian church was the church that actually supported. In fact, if you read the book of Philippians, you realize that they were the only church that actually supported Paul when he began his ministry. And he says here, you started with me and then you ended with me as well. And I just want you to picture or imagine the impact that Paul made. Look at the churches that he was able to build. In fact, he, 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 in fact we, we, we call him the apostle of grace because if you look at the New Testament, he wrote half of the New Testament, more than, even more than half of the New Testament. And so many people were saved through the, the hands of Paul, even us are benefiting from the writings of Paul. But Paul is saying that he was able to accomplish all these because of these partners. In fact, if you look at the Greek word for partners, it means koinonia, which means that contribution, participation, and distribution. So these people were constantly partnering with Paul, giving to support his ministry. And so, you know, I also want you to imagine and think about all that the church was able to accomplish this year. Imagine how many people have been saved through this ministry. In our Sunday service, we are seeing people saved daily. We've seen kids saved in our youth youth programs, we see in our weekly programs, there are food parcels, there are people that we are helping in town, there, there are so many things that the church is doing and being a blessing to the town. Even the Thunder House that has been built up with saving babies, all these things we couldn't have accomplished it without you. So you see that for God to be able to do even all these things through us, he needs you to be able to partner with us, just as the Philippian church partnered with Paul and was such a blessing to Paul to be able to accomplish all these things. So we would love to thank you and also encourage you to keep giving and keep partnering with us. The Bible said that we should not grow weary in good doing and knowing that in due season we will reap a harvest. Amen. So if you would love to give, there are various ways that you can give. You can find it on the screen. You can find it in your bulletin. And also there are boxes behind the church that you can put your offering in or even do it as EFT as well. And it will be such a blessing. So thank you very much and enjoy the rest of the service. And we invite Pastor Yanni to come and minister to us this morning. Good morning, everybody. Wonderful to see you all in church this morning. Well done for choosing to end the year on a high. I think it's a wonderful way to end the year in church as we um, approach the new year. But can you believe 2023 is about to end? You know, I remember um, the 1st of January earlier this year, it was also on a Sunday, I, was, I also had the privilege to preach, and it feels like yesterday. So it's amazing how time flies. But it's always exciting when we enter a new year, and I believe God has wonderful things in store for us as believers, for the body of Christ as a whole, and especially for our church in 2024. So it's a, an exciting time to be alive. Amen? I know the world is very dark, but the church is very bright. Amen? Amen. Um, but we've uh, finished with our series on Behold. It was our Christmas series. And um, we're starting a, a very exciting new series next week called Foundations. So I really want to encourage you to join us for that. I believe it's really going to uh, be a big blessing to you as we start the year. Um, but today I just want to uh, talk on walking in grace in 2024. It's just a New Year's message, a standalone message. But I'm really excited to share on it. And I believe it will be helpful to you, and it will be a blessing to you. Um, so as we look back at, at this past year and forward to the new year, um, I believe it's important to do a few things. And firstly, I believe it's important to evaluate results. You know, if you're like me, you really like to set goals for the new year and 
And I believe that is good. I believe it's even godly to set goals, to have vision and to trust God for some things. But sometimes we get so focused on, you know, setting goals. And sometimes we set the same goals year after year. And, and sometimes it's good to just evaluate, well, why am I having to set this goal every year? You know, sometimes it's good to evaluate results, see why you're not achieving the goals that you've set, and that can actually be very helpful. Then secondly, let's celebrate the wins. You know, sometimes we look back at a year and we think of all the things that went wrong and all the bad things, and we, we just, you know, look forward to the new year. And, and that is good, but we should also celebrate the wins of the past year. And I'm sure all of us can look back and thank God for his grace, his faithfulness, his provision, his guidance, his wisdom this past year. So let's make sure to also thank God for all the wins we've experienced because of him and because of his grace. Then it's important to confront the facts, not to deny it or ignore it, but you know, if you need to make some changes in your life, if God is stirring some things in you, um, you know, do that and confront the facts. And then lastly, let's trust to get better. Because as believers, we can always get better and better and we can experience increase in life. And God truly has increase and a lot of grace available for us in 2024. But we've all experienced the grace of God. You know, if, if your life is a mess at the moment, but you are saved, you have something to be thankful for. And if you're only saved, you have experienced grace because it, it, it's because of the grace of God and us simply trusting in His grace that causes us to be saved. But the Bible also says, you know, that we ought to grow in grace. That means God has more grace available for us to experience in life. And that is really what I want to focus on this morning. And, you know, grace is freely available to us. It's not something we can earn, but we should also make sure that we don't miss out on it. Because, you know, grace, even though it's not something we can earn, it's not automatically enjoyed in life. And we need to make sure we experience all the grace that, that God has available to us. But when it comes to getting better and trusting God to change and trusting God for transformation in life, I believe many times people have a, a wrong view of how that happens in their lives. And I quickly wanna focus on two of the mindsets people have that are actually incorrect and then on one that is correct. And the first one that is incorrect is God, then me. Sometimes people think that change will happen by God saving us, God drawing us, God loving us until we get saved. And then God tells us, good luck, you're now on your own. It was God, but now it's me. God, then me. And this has a lot to do with self-effort. And we need to guard against it because this will cause us to get stuck. It will cause us to get frustrated in life. Change doesn't happen just by God saving us, but then now it's all on us. That is not how it works. And that is not how change happens in our lives. But then the second view that people have that is almost the opposite of that, that is also wrong, is it's God, not me. Now, there's a, a truth in that because it is God producing the wonderful things in our lives. It is, you know, His blessing that causes us to prosper in life. But sometimes we put all the responsibility on God. Sometimes we will say, well, I'm in debt now and I'm going to continue to overspend and I'm going to continue to do just what I want because it's all God. 
And you know, I'm gonna trust him so that I can win the lottery later and get out of debt. But how is that working for you? See, even though it is God producing the change, we should also remember we have a responsibility in it. But I believe a correct view is God through me. It's not God then me, it's not God not me, it's God through me. And God wants to do wonderful things in and through us all the time, but I believe especially in the new year as well, but we need to allow him to do it and we need to know how change happens in our lives. And the apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10, he said, but whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favor on me and not without results. For I have worked harder than any of the other apostles, yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by his grace. So what is Paul saying here? He's saying, you know, it wasn't God saving me, but then it was all on me. He's also not saying it's all God and not me. He's saying it's God working through me by his grace. And that is really our change and transformation takes place in our lives. But experiencing the grace of God and walking in more grace is like riding an e-bike. I'm not an expert, I don't really cycle, but my friends that love that tell me that having an e-bike or riding an e-bike is like having an unfair advantage. You know, you don't really get tired, you can go further and faster if you want, you can go up a hill and not really get tired because of the support you get. And see, that is how it is with the grace of God when we walk in his grace and when we experience it in life. Because the grace of God is his ability. It's his empowerment in life. It's also his provision, but it is really what helps us in life. And we need his grace. Some of you might like to ride a, a traditional bike because you want to get proper exercise in. And that's great. But in life, you need an e-bike. You need the grace of God. And it's gonna help you and it's gonna cause you to have an unfair advantage in life. But God wants us to walk in greater grace, I believe, this year, and he has more grace available for us. So I wanna remind you again that grace is freely given, but it's not automatically enjoyed. And even though we can't earn it or work for it, it's freely given to us, we should also make sure that we don't miss out on any of the grace that God has available for us. The Bible tells us in Romans 5, 17, that as believers, we ought to rule and reign in life as kings. And then it tells us how. It says, through the gift of righteousness and the abundance of grace. So one of the things that causes us to rule and reign in life is the abundance of grace that God has available for us. But this morning, I wanna share on three things that can help us to experience more grace in our lives in 2024. And this can really help us all the time, but it will help us in the new year as well. And the first thing is simply faith. The Bible tells us in Romans 5, verse 1 and 2, therefore having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. What gives us access into the grace of God. It's faith, you know, believing, trusting in God. Grace is God's part, faith is our part, but this reminds us that it's not always going to be automatic. 
We need to trust God. We need to believe his word. And we need to live by faith as the Bible says we should as believers. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So some of you might be thinking, well, Yanu, that shows how we get saved. You know, it's not just by grace. It, it's God providing it by grace, but and then we need to believe it and, and put our faith in his grace, and that's how we get saved. And that is true, but the same grace that saves us is also the grace that changes us. The same grace that saves us is also the grace that transforms us, that causes us to become better in life that causes us to experience the increase that God has available for us. And how does it happen? Is it only by grace? Grace provides it, but we also need to access it by faith. And that is what the Bible teaches. See, grace is Jesus saying, I provide. It's Jesus saying, I empower you. It's Jesus saying, experience my ability in your life. But faith is us saying, I receive all of that. I receive your grace. So let's make sure to say, yes, we respond to the grace of God if we want to experience the grace that God has available for us. See, grace is Jesus saying, because I love you, I have wonderful things available for you. And faith is us saying, I receive that because you love me and because you have provided for me. But faith helps us to access grace. Titus 2.11 says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all. But remember, the same grace that saves us is also the grace that changes us, that helps us. So we can also read, for the grace of God that brings transformation has appeared to all. But is it automatic? Let's think about salvation. Is everyone saved? Well, the Bible says the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all. So why isn't everyone saved? Because they haven't accessed it by faith. And see, for us as believers, we are saved, but we also need to make sure that we don't miss out on the grace that can change us, the grace that can help us in life, that can transform us. And if we want to experience that, we need to place our faith in the grace of God. You know, Hebrews 4 verse 2 says, For indeed we have had the glad tidings, gospel of God, proclaimed to us just as truly as they, the Israelites of old, at that when the good news of deliverance from bondage came to them, but the message they had did not benefit them because it was not mixed with faith. Now, think about the word that was preached to them. Do you think it carried grace? You know, was the word full of grace that was preached to them? Was it filled with the power of God? So how come it didn't benefit them? How come the word being preached to them that carried the grace and power of God, didn't benefit them. The Bible says because they didn't mix it with faith. And see, we need to make sure that we benefit from the grace of God in life by mixing it with faith. And faith is something that can really become effortless in our lives. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. When our hearts are filled with the promises of God, it, it's easy to believe God. It's easy to trust in him. But the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word, not from having heard. Sometimes we rely too much on what we've heard. It's by hearing and hearing the word of God. Sometimes people don't spend any time in the word, and when they get confused as to why 
they are having a difficult time to trust God. Well, if the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word, it will be difficult to believe his promises if we don't hear the word continually. But you know, by surrounding ourselves with other like-minded believers filled with faith, it will also be easy for us to, to believe. We should also be careful, you know, what we listen to, what we watch, what we read. You know, there's nothing wrong with reading the news. I also do that. But if that is all you read, you are going to get oppressed. You're going to be filled with unbelief because it's filled with bad news. So make sure you hear the word that produces the faith that can cause you to access Christ. If that is your desire, if you want to experience more of God's grace in 2024. In 2 Thessalonians 1, uh, verse 3, uh, Paul says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other. I love what Paul is saying to the, to the church, where he's saying your faith grows exceedingly. Don't you want that to be said of you in the new year? Don't you want you know, that to be said of our church? You know, if somebody writes a letter to us to say, nice Naveneer's faith uh, grows exceedingly. And I believe it will have to grow exceedingly for all the wonderful things that God wants to do in and through us in the new year too and in the future. And God has really given us wonderful vision and our senior pastors are filled with vision that God has given them. And I'm telling you, exciting things are ahead. But let's make sure our faith grows exceedingly as we keep our eyes on Jesus the author and finisher of our faith. Amen. The second thing that can help us to experience more of God's grace is the knowledge of God. The Bible says in 2 Peter 1 verse 2, may God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. See, growing in grace is about relationship and intimacy with God. And the Greek word therefore knowledge means Full knowledge. So this is not just describing knowledge or information about God. It's really describing knowing him intimately. It's not just about knowing about God. It's about knowing God. And as we grow in our knowledge of him, in our intimacy with him, we can also grow in our experience of his grace in our lives. In Colossians 1, verse 9 and 10, Paul says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with a knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. You know, God is, is a God of increase. God wants us to increase in many things in life. And one of the things the Bible says we can increase in and should increase in is the knowledge of God. And what is going to happen when we increase in the knowledge of God? We will also increase in our experience of His ability, His empowerment in our lives. Another translation says, all the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. You know, as we learn to get to know God better and better, we will also experience peace. We will experience more joy and our experience of God's grace will increase in our lives. But to grow in the knowledge of God, we need to be devoted believers. And this is what the Bible says about the early church and, and the early believers. Uh, in Acts 2, verse 42 and, and 43, 
it says all the believers, not just the pastors or the special believers. It says all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. So it, it just tells us here that they devoted themselves to certain things that I believe helped them to get to know God better and helped them to experience great grace in their lives. And the Greek word for devote there means to live in a constant state of relentless pursuit, persistent and ongoing devotion. It's in the imperfect tense, which implies an ongoing action. But I also wanna read that passage to you out of a modern day Christian version. How many of you have heard of a modern day Christian version? Not, not many. Well, let me read it to you. It reads, they were devoted to their comfort, happiness, personal goals, dreams, and bucket lists. No one really noticed the Christians because they focused on themselves. Very few of the believers were together, and when they were, they thought about stupid things. So before some of you come to me after the service and explain to me why I shouldn't use that translation, let me just put a disclaimer out, that translation doesn't exist. I just made that up. Okay, so it's, it's not a real translation. But unfortunately, I think that sometimes describes Christians. And there's nothing wrong with having personal goals, having dreams. There's nothing wrong with liking comfort. We all do sometimes. But sometimes we get so devoted to that that we're not devoted to the things of God. And we read in the Bible that the early church were devoted to the things of God, to the teaching of the word, to prayer, to fellowship and communion. And you see, all of those things help us to get to know God better. The Bible teaches that, you know, the word we preach is called the word of his grace. We call it the gospel of grace. The Holy Spirit is called the spirit of grace. We're even told in Ephesians that as believers, we can um, give each other grace. You know, um, impart grace to one another through words of edification. So see, when we devote ourselves to the teaching of a word, which is the word of his grace, to his presence, and when we worship God together as believers, we can experience the spirit of grace, which is the Holy Spirit. When we devote ourselves to fellowship, we can partake grace from one another, receive grace from one another. So see, when we devote ourselves to these things, it helps us to get to know God better. And the result of that is greater grace, more grace in our lives. Because two chapters later in Acts 4, verse 33, it says, and great grace was upon them all. Now you'll remember, you know, two chapters prior to that, it said all the believers devoted themselves to the things of God. And two chapters after that, it said, it says, and great grace was upon them all. Again, not just on the pastors or some kind of special believers, but upon them all. Do you want great grace to be upon your life? Do you want great grace to be on your relationships, on your health, your finances, the things that God has called you to do? You know, what helps us to experience great grace is the knowledge of God and increasing in the knowledge of God. And what helps us to increase in that is really devoting ourselves 
to the things of God. Philippians 3, uh, verse 8 and 10 says, Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. You know, Paul said that not when he started of his journey, but he said that towards the end of his journey, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And what he tells us is there is more that we can experience in our relationship with God. And let's make it a, a goal for the new year as well. To say, you know, I have my personal goals, I have my personal dreams, I like comfort, but my biggest and deepest desire is to know him and the power of his resurrection. And as we do, we will increase in our intimacy with God and it will help us to experience great grace in all areas of our lives. And the last thing I want to share with you this morning that can help us to experience that great grace is humility. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 5, uh, from verse 5 to 7, be clothed with humility for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. So do you want God to resist you or do you want him to give you grace? I definitely want this grace. I don't want Almighty God to resist me. He goes on to say, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. So why can we give him our cares? Because he cares about us. But you know, this passage really answers three questions. The first question is, what do we need to do? What do we need to do? We need to humble ourselves. The Bible says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Then he tells us why we need to do it. Why do we need to humble ourselves? So that we can experience God's grace in our lives. But then it also tells us how to do it. How do we humble ourselves? And the Bible says here, we humble ourselves by casting our cares upon him. So we see what we need to do. We need to humble ourselves. We see why we need to do it so we can experience his grace. And we see how we do it. It's by casting our cares upon him. So if humility is casting your care, what is carrying your care? It's pride. And the Bible says God resists the proud. See, pride loves to say, I've got this. Humility loves to say, God's got this. And that doesn't mean we have no responsibility. We do what God tells us to do. We do what we see in the word. But we trust God to do what only he can. We trust his grace to produce the chains through us. But it's so important for us to cast our cares upon him. Sometimes people, you know, get very excited as we approach a new year. And it is an exciting time. But sometimes people also get very nervous about a new year. They're nervous about going into January. They're nervous about what can happen in the new year. But it's so important for us to give our cares to Jesus so that we can experience his grace. And he has grace available for us. So let's not say today, I've got this. You know, some people don't worry, but they don't worry because they're confident in themselves. They say, I've got this. You know, I can sort out anything. That is also pride. You don't want God to resist you. Rather say, God's got this. And God is not against anyone. He's not against people who are prideful. But if you're prideful and God gives you grace and you start to ride that e-bike in life, 
you're going to get even more prideful because you're going to think it's all you. See, that's why God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble so that we can glorify him and realize that change takes place by God working through us by his grace. James 4 verse 6 confirms this. It says, but he gives more grace. God has more grace available for us in our lives. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So I don't want to get resisted by God. I want to experience more grace in 2024. And we can experience that by humbling ourselves, living with humility, and being quick to give Jesus all of our cares. Dwight L. Moody said, God sends no one away empty except those who are full of themselves. Except those who, say, who will say, I've got it. Rather say, I don't got this. God's got this. Let's trust in him, look to him, and give him all our cares. So this morning, I want to remind you, if you want to experience greater grace and more grace in 2024, make sure you mix grace with faith. Believe God and his promises. Grow in the knowledge of God. Get to know him better and better and humble yourselves by giving him your cares. This verse is not on the screen, but I want to read it to you. It's Hebrews 4 verse 16. It says, let us therefore come boldly, boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So the throne of God is called a throne of grace. And how should we approach that throne? With hesitation, with caution, and with boldness. We can confidently approach his throne of grace and expect to experience his grace in all areas of our lives. So I want us to practice this for a moment. And I want us to practice humility. So I'm going to ask you to stand for a moment, please. And as you stand, I, I want you to please close your eyes. And I want you to close your eyes so that you can just focus on the Holy Spirit and allow Him to minister to us. Thank you, Lord. Tomorrow, it will be 2024. And I believe a great way to enter the new year is by the grace of God. And the Bible says God gives grace to the humble. So I want us to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God for a moment. And the Bible tells us we do that by giving Him our cares. So right now, I want to encourage you to boldly, not with caution, but with confidence, give Him your cares. If you have specific cares at the moment in your life, give it to Jesus. Give it to him. Maybe you don't feel like it. You don't have to feel like it. You can choose to do it now. And as you choose to do it, you will experience grace. Because by giving him our cares, we are humbling ourselves. We are saying, Lord, I don't have this, but you've got this. And maybe you don't have any specific cares, but you're feeling about anxious about the new year. Why don't you just give that to Jesus now too? And say, Lord, I'm going to trust in you. I'm not going to look to myself. I'm not going to trust in my own ability. I'm going to trust you for grace. 
And if you don't have any worries in your life at the moment and you're enjoying a wonderful season, why don't you just thank God? Thank Him for His goodness. Tell Him how much you love Him in your heart. Tell Him how much you need Him and desire Him. And thank Him for what He wants to do in your life in the new year. The Bible says He cares about us. He cares about us. He cares more about the things you care about than you do or anyone else can. He's a good father. He loves us. Thank you, Lord, for setting us free from stress and worry. Thank you for giving us hope. Thank you for helping us to partake of your grace in all areas of life. Thank you for great grace, the abundance of your grace that we can experience, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just feel there's someone here that made a mistake in 2023 and you feel like it's been a wonderful year, but you're really regretting the mistake you made. And I just feel like Jesus is saying to you, let it go. He's already forgiven you. He's not even remembering it. The only one remembering it is you. And God wants you to let it go, to give it to him and look forward. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to evaluate the past year, but thank you for helping us not to live in it, to look forward. Thank you for what you want to do in our lives. Thank you for doing a new thing, Lord, an exciting thing. We don't want to miss out on what you want to do in us, through us, and for us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And maybe you came today and you don't know Jesus personally. You just know about him. And you would like to get to know him. You would like to receive him today as your Lord and Savior. It's the best and most important decision anyone can make in life. So if that is you today, why don't you just raise your hand. And I'm just going to lead you into a prayer to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Anyone here today? Thank you. I see your hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to ask all of you, raise your hands to just pray after me, but pray this from your heart. And I'm going to ask the rest of our churches to join them in 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 celebrating with him. And let's just all say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for loving me so much. Today I choose to receive you as my Lord and Savior. I want to follow you. I want to experience your grace. And I want to know you intimately. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for people coming into your kingdom, saying yes to you. We celebrate with them. And we thank you for their journey with you that starts today, Lord. And we just thank you, Lord, for this new year. We thank you for everything that you want to do, Lord, in our lives, through our lives. 
and just for us because you're a good father. Help us not to miss out on anything. We want your great grace to be upon us, Lord. Help us to experience your best. We don't want to settle for anything less, Lord. Thank you for all you did this past year. Thank you for all you're about to do in the new year. Thank you for being a good, good God, Lord. We love you. Glorify yourself through us. Glorify yourself through this church, Lord. And help us to go from glory to glory, Lord. Help us to grow exceedingly in our faith and our experience of grace. And I just speak your blessing over people today. Thank you for a prosperous new year that awaits us, Lord, because of your grace and because of your goodness. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you gave your life to Jesus today, please go to the corner at the back there. There's a sign there that says, What Now? There will be someone who will give you a booklet called What Now? It will help you in your journey. If you'd like to receive prayer this morning, we have a ministry team here in the front that would love to pray with you. Thank you for joining us. On behalf of our church, we wish you a happy, prosperous, blessed new year. And thank you for joining us today. You are highly favored and deeply loved. God bless you.